eyes open, you open our eyes in order for us to see you even more clear. Yes, we pray for the people who have been able to make it, that you will protect them, you will preserve them, and you will direct them towards you. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. So you're very welcome. It's been a week since, since you were here. And uh, how has your week been? <laughs> and uh, for, for the most part, I've been in touch with the team. It's been dusty. Mm. We get to brush the dust. The dust. <laughs> mm. So, uh, Eddie, Eddie recorded our sermon last time, and uh, he's been telling me that it's about four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Services, huh? mm-hmm. uh, all services but do you have uh, like a uh, kind of awesome yeah. that one has an archive of awesome is it possible to create like but it have like a cloud account or something whereby mm-hmm. you know they are kept in one place and safe online mm-hmm. this this approach that I'm doing does yeah. that it does that Maybe you should get those someone who understands. Mm, are we limited? Can we be limited by space? I'm, I'm going to find out more about that. Okay. okay. <coughs> so I would like us to dig in, to dig in immediately. Uh, Romans 6. We shall go to Romans 6, verse 4. Uh, are you ready? All right. Eh? Right here. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Yeah? So... This is the thing we've been laboring to, to explain the two sides of the cross. And Romans 6 4 paints a very good picture. It says we are buried with him. So when Jesus died, we died with him. And uh, like you know, like they say. He died a death we could never die. Mm. Why is it that we couldn't die that, that death? It's because we we are less than than what God required. <laughs> we are impure. He, God demanded a pure death, and so just. As Christ was a substitute in death. In other words, God could take the whole world and kill it and wouldn't be satisfied. Still, that the penalty of death had been 
you know, fully paid. And so he died a death he couldn't die. And on the flip side, it says that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Of course, there's a lot in this text, just verse 4 that I'm not even touched. I'm just, just scratching the surface. But the flip side is, he died a death he could not die, that he may live a life he could never live. Now, Jesus did not die a death to show you how to die. And he did not resurrect from the dead. In, like they say, the newness of life, so that he can show you how to to live that life. <laughs> in other words, it wasn't Jesus' death and life wasn't exemplary, but it was substitutionary. He does everything. And that is the point of contention. It's the delicate hinge that we've been contending with several people about. What is your part? No, you guys are saying we should just be laxed. We do nothing. And we are saying, yes, you do nothing. Jesus was a do nothing. He said, I can of myself do nothing. As I see the Father, so I do. As I hear, so I speak. Yeah? And you say that He, you, John 15 says, without me you can do nothing. And people say, ah, no, we can do a lot of things. I used, to, I used to struggle with that scripture a lot. I was like, God, you can't say I can do nothing. I surely can do something. <laughs> because you are doing something. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, uh, it, it, I, mean, I mean, it's like a normal Bible. It's, it's actually, when you read it, it's not immediately clear. There's a deep, deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. Because of course you can. You can, you can make a cup of tea, you can clean your shoes, you can, yeah. you can drive to work. Mark's here is working, he's earning money, he's looking after his family. He's, and the, the majority of the world population is doing that without Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And their life is no problem in, in many ways. Yeah. When it says you can do nothing without me, what he's saying, you can do nothing that I can value without me. That's what I think it means. Yeah, and sure. the only thing I value is my wife. And without me, you can't help to make my wife bigger. Because it's only me working through you that can bring people to me. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's what, that's what I would He's saying, like you is saying, uh, pointing to the fact that uh, we can do nothing worthy of being called spiritually valid, so mm. to speak. Yeah. All our works are dead. Mm. Everything born of man is dead. So I cannot initiate spiritual life. No. Definitely. He initiates it. He maintains it. It's the A and the Z of the Christian life. So how about Bible study? How about Jonah saying, how about polishing my shoes? How about right now I'm talking? Am I not doing anything? Try to explain the scriptures, mm-hmm. my friend. <laughs> the delusion is t- is to forget that God, God is the very source of. He upholds the very existence on the planet. The very breath that you're using is Him supplying. <laughs> So if you cut short the breath right now, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> it's nothing. 
There's nothing man can do here. Man, man wants the planet. containers you are always a container and the scripture is very clear you were a container of the God of this world before you came to Christ the sin satanic spirit of error and when you crossed that boundary and came into the kingdom you are now a container of the spirit of God through Jesus Christ so So that's the contention we are having. You guys are saying grace, grace makes you lazy, just sit on your bottom all day and do nothing. Of course it's very one is very hypocritical, two is very shallow thinking, it's careless. You you're not even, you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, so Let's go back to Romans 6, 4, So, in essence, Romans 6 is speaking about Christ. It's not speaking about the believer per se. Why? Because everything contained here Everything in Romans 6, 4, and in the chapter as such, is talking about all the benefits, so to speak. We are beneficiaries. Let me say it like that. We are beneficiaries from the labor of another. Yeah? And so he says, even so, we also should should walk. It's not a foregone conclusion that because you became born again, you're going to walk in the newness of life. Why? Because you can decide to walk in your own energies. Yeah? And it's a sad thing that the majority of the body of Christ, I believe, never crossed the boundary. First of all, they think they contributed to the death, even before you cross into the life. And now to make matters worse, they think they can contribute to the, to the life. Jesus plus anything is equal to nothing. He doesn't call for your contribution. Your only contribution is to receive. You are only a vessel. You know? So, let's go down to Romans 6.14. We were speaking with Mark just before you guys came today that because of sin, Before I, before I elucidate a bit on this verse, we are saying that we, do not under, we can't underestimate the effect of our sins on our lives. The reason evil is attracted to us, or the reason we are evil magnets, is because of sins. <laughs> I think Paul said, speaks about it in a verse somewhere. Galatians 1, verse you can reach you can Galatians one three. You can open in a different window. Just Galatians chapter one. Verse 4. 
So verse 4 reads, Who gave himself for our sins? This is plural. That he might deliver us from the present evil age. Mm. According to the will of God and Father. Now, he gave himself for our sins. These are actions. Mm. Sinful deeds and actions. Sinful deeds and actions. So it's ETC. Mm. That he may deliver us from this present evil age. In other words, there was need for deliverance because of our sins. From what? From an evil age. And now you can fill in the spaces of what evil might mean to you. You can be a very good, uh, well, morally upright person. And yet evil will come to you. Because it's a present evil age. Now, you cannot counter this evil by your morals. Or your avoidance of sins. Or your avoidance of sins. I, 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 I'm, 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 I don't know how people think about it, but sins have to be dying for. And now the deception is to think that now that I have sins, now that I have my sins, yeah? You know? Let me atone for my sins by some good works. Sin management. Sin management, so to speak. Now, the God we have to, with whom we have to do is a very severe God. He does not have uh, atonement A, atonement B, atonement C. He has only one atonement for sin, mm. and that is death. Mm. And not any death. Mm. <laughs> it's severe to the level that he took the death of himself. Because the scripture teaches us that in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's very God and very man. He took the he takes the blood of God to atone for sins. Imagine that. The blood of God. I would have thought that the blood of the best of the human species would suffice. Like if I went to England, John. And I got into the palace and got one of the princes or princesses and, and slaughtered her. That will suffice. She's the finest of us, the English specimen. You understand? Or if I came to Uganda, I would go to the Kabaka's palace and choose one more. Yes. <laughs> it will suffice. But Paul is telling us. He took Jesus to give himself for our sins, plural. For why? Why did he take? Why did he have to give himself? That he might deliver us from this present evil age. There is more to the world than meets the eye. The age we are living in, this present age, is called an evil age. That's why they say there's no formula to life. It's like there are winds that are blowing and you don't know which direction they might blow. You find people, one time is the, the talk of the town, very well to do, he has all the money. And just a few months down the road or a few years, all the wealth has vanished. He had the right plans, he had the structures, he had the marketing. He had all the departments necessary to run the business, but it went down. There is a present evil age. So here we have a, a, a very healthy, strong young man, a boxer. And then a few months down the road is a drug addict. All his energy is gone, sapped by the addiction. And so we have Pretty Glow, we have Gaddafi. One time he was on top of the world, 
the next the next day is hiding in in, in, in the tunnel. Yeah. They, like they, they wanted him to become the president of the whole of all of Africa. Right? They that was his ambition. Right? So they, 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 they called him King of Kings, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Not a very wise name to choose. He called himself the King of Kings. Actually, yeah. someone was saying that that was the biggest mistake he made. Yeah. <laughs> he called himself King of Kings. He didn't know what he was talking about. And there's only one King of Kings. And so you yeah. have, the other day we had a young man in the office and he was telling us, he was only 20. Yeah. I think I told you about him. He was saying, uh, I, I, I feel like my brains are boiling because I'm only 20 and I need to make it, I must make it in life. If plan A fails, plan B will work out. If plan B fails, plan C will work out. We're like, we shall wait for you when you're 30 and we shall talk to you. To him, what is success, what is working out? Of course he was speaking in terms of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, ah, no, not all plans can fail. I'll work them out until plan Z. I like. <laughs> Actually, you, you know what is interesting? Uh, you know what he's looking for is like, yeah. now he thinks if we are masses, you know, yes. a lot of work will have the, the life. Yes. But they want, they want to be like. Let's go to that verse. Mm. Let's go to that verse. Mm. A man, Luke 12, chapter 12, verse 15. Luke 12, 15. The rich young man? Which one is that? That verse says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he owns. And now we have, look to your let's scroll and see. Bottom there. Okay, And he said to them, Take heed. Take heed. You know these are very serious words. Eh? Don't just read. Don't just don't just peruse this. Ah, okay. 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 This, is, this is very serious. Eh? This, we shouldn't read this. Take la, la, la. Care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily saying you know that there was a verse talking about it. Yeah, I mean, the, big, the, big, the biggest problem, that's the biggest problem with the prosperity gospel, is that they, they what, much of the New Testament talks about money or wealth being a trap and causing damage. Right. The prosperity gospel is telling us that's what God wants us to have. Yeah. In the New Testament, in the Psalms, there's a verse in it that says, God, don't give me so much money that I can forget you. And God, don't make me so poor that I have to steal and, and dishonor you that way. So this guy's got enough sense to realize that somewhere in the middle, mm. he can be content and, and, and have his needs met. Without Dishonoring God in either way. Matthew wants to say something about this. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Covetousness is like a black hole. Yeah. It doesn't get satisfied. Mm. You understand? Mm. Every time there is a new level, it's a new something. <laughs> you want that? You need a better car. Mm. This year, you better car, better house. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do any of you remember a man called Harold Hughes, who was one of the richest men in America, incredible millionaire? When he was about 90 years old, before he died, he was interviewed by David Frost, who was a very famous British guy. And he asked him this question What million dollars was the most important one to you? He said, The next one. <laughs> I mean, 90 years old, he can hardly move. I mean, he's got billions all around him. And he's still wanted another million dollars. <laughs> Very insatiable. I mean, I watched that, and I was a young man, you know, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with this guy? Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't even think I was a Christian at the time. <laughs> so, so uh, it says that for one's life does not consist in the abundance. God is going to take you to a place of abundance. God is going to. Take you to the next level. He might not take you to the place of abundance. He's going to take you somewhere that Jesus told you not to go. <laughs> that means 
He says, life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses in us. He doesn't want us to be controlled by possessions. He wants us to, to, to reach a level in life where these things no longer have an active hold on our lives. You know? They are subservient to us. We are not subservient to them. We are not focused on them. Actually, covetousness feels so much is blended in so many verses, eh? Mm-hmm. And it is used to bypass the Lord in a subtle way. You're going to, you're going to, and in most cases, eh, it makes people miss out on a lot. Mm-hmm. On, they, they, they make people miss out on the Lord, on, miss out on the Lord Himself. And then they start interpreting people's spiritual lives on the amount of possessions they possess. They flip it. You get, you understand. They flip, they, they flip it so much, and uh, you cannot judge someone's spiritual life by the amount of possessions they have, because they say life does not consist. Hmm? Yeah, as in life, like your sense of celebration does not consist in abundance. Hmm of the things you possess. Uh, uh, mm. So you, you can see when the, 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 the parable he gives down the, 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 the parable that he, he gives. Conscious of what's happening, you yeah. didn't decide to be born. Yeah. That's it. Should be humbling. It is very humbling mm. when I came to realization that I had no choice. Why did you become our parents? You understand? Eh? If I had no choice mm. in being born, how many choices do I have? Okay, let's make, let's make another empirical observation. What, how many choices have you made so far that have contributed to where you are, are now? It's a difficult, I think probably quite a few, and, and a lot of them have perhaps been in the wrong direction, you know, I mean, I think you can, I, I know what you're saying, you're getting a, you know, if you fail to plan, plan, if you fail to plan, plan, plan. What I'm, I'm not even saying that, what I'm saying is, have you planned, have the plans you made yielded the life that you're living right no. now? No, no. <laughs> You, you understand what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm trying to examine how much control you have mm-hmm. over your life. How much control your choices have over your life. Mm-hmm. It seems there is something else that is calling the shots. Mm-hmm. Surely. Continue. God did not confer with any of us. <laughs> Jimmy, do you want to be... Which are you, Mom? Jimmy, would you like to be born in 1987? In Uganda. In Uganda? By so and so? In Kamwe. In He didn't confer with any of us. So, you know, the whole thing of we choose. Okay, people are opposed to the fact that we are. They say you're not a robot, you have free will. Yes, I you choose. choose. Hey, hey. 
But the truth of the matter is, in a sense, we are robots. Mm. Because we didn't have a choice. Yeah, you know, for me, I think, like, the freedom we have mm. is the freedom to choose him only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and th- there's a, a Calvinist which I agree every day. It's like a baby trying. Our choice is like a baby trying to drive a truck. You get it? Maybe it could crank it. Not so. But it couldn't go anywhere. You see, we are proud. We don't want to accept. We are proud. You see, there is another person. Sit in John chapter 5. It says. I can of my own self do nothing. Do nothing. 5.30? 5.30? I'm not sure. But I, I can of my own self do nothing. nothing. That is one verse. There's another verse which says, He restores my soul. He does what? Restores my soul. He was everything starts from the soul. Mm. The soul can take a walk, and if the soul takes a walk, believe me, mm. it is only him who can call it back. Yeah, that's true. We are just proud for nothing. Really. We rise in pride, and by the, the reason we keep on, the world keeps on giving that uh, flogging. Eh? The reason the world keeps on flogging us. Is because we are proud. Mm. We are proud. We are wise and proud. And God resists the proud. And then He gives grace to the humble. When He gives grace to the humble, they confuse it with their strength. Mm. And then He withdraws withdraws His grace so that you can see what you really like without His grace. Mm. One beast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Without His grace, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, institutions talk about management, have a management plan, have a, all these structures are good. Eh? Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't come in, the book, the whole thing is has no lasting value. If he doesn't come to redeem, the whole thing is 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 is, is like an engine without oil. Yeah. So, mm, as it is, uh, yeah, that verse, God says, Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. Man rises in pride and says, I'm the captain of my soul, the master of my destiny. Mm. You can do just about anything <laughs> if you so set your mind to it. Your mind to it. <laughs> And so we see the great controversy. The person who should be prideful, so to speak, of all in the whole universe, God Himself, He owns everything, He started everything, is the humblest. Jesus came and dressed in the likeness of sinful humanity and lived a very humble life. And He said, I can, this is the epitome, epitome. Or the peak of humility. When finally you acknowledge that you can do nothing. That you are a big zero. That's what a revived city looks like. That's how true revival would look like. People start saying we can do nothing. So the church is the church is filled with self-help. It's filled with uh, sin management plans. Sin management. <laughs> and I would like to say that the the free will idea is the free will idea is a delusion. Because the will is in bondage. 
How many how many times have you decided okay we all know it's good to pray right mm. it's good to witness this last week how many people have you witnessed to? okay how many hours have you been spent in prayer to god okay we all know it's good to love right mm. how many times have you Okay, how, 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 how is your wife testifying about that fact? Or your girlfriend? Have you been loving? Both together or just one at a time? One at a time. Because I know Eddie, Eddie here is not married. You know? So, what happened? You have a free will. You choose, you decide. You know it's good to love your wife. It's good to love your girlfriend. Well, an amazing thing happened recently. There's um, uh, an aunt, well, more of a, a mother because of uh, Maganda culture. If the mother, the sister to your mother is your mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she in past time did some charm stuff. So I personally had hatred towards her mm. and whenever she would come home I would wonder why she would come in here. I mean she bring more chances here <laughs> mm. you understand. Mm. Mm. So <clears throat> an amazing I kept I would pray and keep on telling God I've forgiven this woman <laughs> but I don't have any times I kept on saying it but find something uh, rising inside uh, you. Uh, you're saying the words but in this in yeah the so an amazing thing happened this time round she comes and i found i was surprised that i found i was happy to see her <laughs> like i was genuinely happy to see her yes. i even told her you know what I missed you. And <laughs> 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 we crack jokes. We, she, she's a cracking joke type. And, wow, I was surprised. Mm. It's, it's, I'm still surprised that now. It wasn't me. Those <laughs> 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 uh, people come with these charms, do, do you think they do it to, to harm you or just, are they so... Yeah, I suppose in that mind the convinced is going to do uh, whatever it is they intended to happen. Yeah. Yes. So they might be actually thinking they're helping you. No. Their intention is to cause harm. Cause harm. Yes. It's not always to cause harm. In, that, in, in this particular story, the intention is that. Yes. Yes. So you see, when man, when man tries to live the Christian life, it is uh, what analogy can I use? It is self-defeatist. Mm. You always find yourself to will is present, but to do can't pull it off. Is absent. Mm. You find that despite Mark likes to call it in the room of good intentions, <laughs> despite your good intentions, you're going to find yourself doing the exact opposite. I really, I didn't intend to divorce my wife, but yes. you did, you did, you didn't intend to, you didn't, all these people have good intentions, you didn't intend to, 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 to spoil, to, to spoil your business, to run it down, but it went down, because of your mismanagement, you didn't intend to, to have a, a dysfunctional family because of your workaholism, alcoholism, etc. Mm. Mm. But you did. You made it dysfunctional. You know, so it's a Roman 7 world. We find that to will to do good is present. But it's, we don't have it within us to do that good. So to be human is to be humane. Like they say, mm. <clears throat> to be a good kind of person, it's our ambition. It's like an aspiration we all look forward to. Everyone longs to be the good father, the good leader, 
the exemplary guy mm. at work. You know? The good neighbor. <laughs> but what happens? <laughs> yeah, we find find strife in the neighborhood. Mm. You find that you just don't like woman <laughs> next door. <laughs> you actually hate her despite what the Bible says. And to make matters worse, she may be Christian. But you just hate her guts. <laughs> and you can't help it. Yeah? So, we find ourselves in a dilemma. The dilemma is and we find ourselves trying to carry out an impossible feat. Let your conduct be without what? Covetousness. Covetousness. Huh? Be content. Covetousness 
means wanting the next level mm. in your life. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> the, the, the next thing. Yeah, the next thing in your life. And you think you thinking that getting that next thing in your life will will bring uh, a sense of happiness, mm. a sense of satisfaction, mm. a sense of security. Mm. Uh, it might be legitimate. In most cases it is legitimate. But they are saying you should be careful. They say be content with such things as you have. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Be content. Don't desire a next level. That says that's status quo. Shouldn't settle for for this. For, mm. The whole world is mm. you know advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Be content mm. with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, no forsake you. So he is comparing his presence with your next level. To the extent you're obsessed with the next level, to that extent you're not enjoying his presence. Yeah. And you can imagine when we talk about this, these highlights of our spiritual life, eh? mm. Eh? Mm. a person dismisses them. You know why they dismiss them? Because they have been in an environment where greed, greed is veiled with us, with prosperity verses. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, so we can become rich. Yeah. And uh, I, I think covetousness is, is the stuff of anxiety. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Like, anxiety. Sleepless nights. There's a time when you are preaching about supernatural thing of. Jagala. Mm. But, 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 but I want to but, 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 you know, 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 you but you believe, you know what is interesting? Mm. They actually use that to rob from them. <laughs> yeah, they use, <laughs> they use that yes. to rob from them. They exploit their greed, you know, yeah. to rob from them. Pray for me that I get 500,000 tomorrow. What is that? He didn't even tell you what he needed for No, we are saying. And, and, if, and if he doesn't get it, then you start to be blamed. So let me ask. Mm. It's really rhetorical. If you miss God, what do you have? If you miss God, I, I don't think you can really. Yes. I mean, no, this is what is happening because oh, yeah, yeah, people are bypassing God for something for something else for the next level. Yeah. It's the reason I meet Christians and they're so dry. Yes. They're so dry. And, and actually, it is, it is dead on both ends. Because if you don't get it, then it, it kills you because it means maybe something is wrong. And then if you get it, there's no life you need. Yes. You understand? So it's, it's like that carrot. The devil is dangling a carrot before us. Come here. Life is in the abundance of your possessions. Come and get these millions. Come to this meet, this prophetic meeting. You're going to get yes, the your abundance. Life will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same. <laughs> your life will never be the same. They mean that you're going to get money. Yes. Yeah. You're going to get the spouse. You're going to get the car. You're going to get. And the unspoken word sometimes is really the unspoken assumption is this is the life. Yeah. And the scripture is saying that's not the life. Mm. The life is a person. And if you bypass him, you have nothing. And so I meet Christians and they are devoid of joy. And devoid of peace. The yeah. essence of blindness is, is very serious. <laughs> it is. Mm. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, as you all know, I talk to people all the time, you know, like on Sunday. Six or seven people are probably about seven Because you see, if we imagine we have churches that are teaching 
these two officers who are in key positions, who are in key positions like of roads, mm. making our roads, who are in key positions of uh, aid, receiving aid, mm. you know. Mm. And covetousness is not in their lives. Hmm? Do you know that Uganda would be a very nice country to yeah. yeah, all the roads would be done properly, we have done the hospitals. Because money would be coming with the public, yeah. money would be coming down. Would disappear. But because we have bad tomatoes in the system, money is not trickling down in the population. Mm -hmm. That's why they say, when the righteous rule, this, this, the people do what? Rejoice. Mm -hmm. When the wicked rule, the people mourn. Yes. So you see, we're in a dilemma. The preachers have taken the verses and twisted them to make them say the exact opposite of what they're saying. You know? Because right now, what is trending? How do you dare speak against the man of God? <laughs> what is trending? What is trending right now is the next level, <laughs> your new, your 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 best, your your dream life now. You understand? That's where the life is. And the sad tale is most of the people never get there. You know they don't because I've seen Baropoli. While they are worshiping money, it eludes them. Many of them are struggling financially. Yeah, and it is the thing they focus. All the time, mm -hmm. and uh, even those who get to the, those places where you get the money, or get the spouse, or get the car, they come to the sad realization that there's no life after yeah. all. So, so the law of attraction is not working for this. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a sad tale of what is happening in our church. It is a sad tale. We've been lied to, and it's the reason we preach the gospel. Because if we kept quiet. You know that if a lie is told and told and told and told, it becomes the truth? Mm. At least. Because if you believe a lie, it just might as well be the truth. You know? So, then a man's life does not consist in their abundance. I know there are people with millions and they are crying. Mm. They don't have the peace of the Lord. They don't have the joy of the Lord. They don't know what it means to live because this life is alien. <laughs> it's from another place. It's not from here. So I used to think life is in the clothes you wear. Sadly, many in the church still believe so. It's in your fashion statement, it's in your social status, it is, it is in your political affiliation. You're with the guys who matter. Mm. You rub shoulders with people who matter. No, That's where the life is. Mm. Always in the business. If your business grows. And the thing is, many hearts are living in silent desperation. Mm. In a silent torture. Mm. They can't tell anyone. Mm. Because if they told you life is in the money and you got the money and there was no life, who are you going to tell? Manually, there's even that other thought of uh, maybe tomorrow things will get better. Mm -hmm. When tomorrow comes, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, we say it's still that. So, back to Romans, Romans 6. Mm. Romans 6. Yeah, the other tab. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This one. This one. No, no, okay. The next one. The next term. Up. Before this one. So, someone was telling me a story. They, someone told the church fellowship, brother so-and-so died. Died of AIDS. And the pastor got his Bible and waved it in the air. What was he saying by the gesture? He deserved to die <laughs> for his promiscuous lifestyle. God judged him. God judged him. That is a murderous heart. Where did it come from? Legalism? 
could it be that this person doesn't know the life? It's a very dry statement, isn't it? If you, if you don't feel sorry for someone that's died, they are not seeing their own shortcomings. You understand, yeah? Mm. Yeah, he, obviously his sin was a lot less than what he's... My, my sin's not as bad as yours, so I'm a better person. That's, that's it's, oh, it's an obvious absence of life. Yeah. I don't see the Lord rejoicing over one of his loved ones, the demon of one of his loved ones. But where does that happen? Where does it come into the church? Where did it pass? More than likely, we are not knowing the Lord. Maybe we are knowing a lot of sermons. We are knowing a lot of preachings. We are knowing a lot of meetings. Maybe we are knowing a lot of things about the Lord, but we don't know the Lord. And that's the crux of the matter. It's very easy to go through the Christian life knowing about the Lord and never knowing Him. Let's go to 6.14. Okay, I've skipped. I've, I've skipped a wealth of material between 4 and 14. But I just chose to handpick these verses. 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Obviously, this verse is not speaking about in the sin not having dominion over you, we are not speaking about you stopping your sinful activity. Because no one does. And it's interesting, I meet many Christians who think that they have stopped sinning. Yeah. <laughs> or at least they have deluded themselves to that yeah. point. I've met many like that as well. You know, like, there's some like that in many so that as a Christian, it's impossible for you to sin. They're going they get, too they fast. Get really, they get really nasty, and I say, You're sinning now, you're getting nasty. <laughs> You go, they go in too fast, John, the second John, mm. and they misconstrue the verse. Yeah. They don't know what it means that he that is born of God cannot, cannot, sin. cannot sin. He's speaking of the life of another. He's speaking of that place, a co-joining. He that, is, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Mm. He's talking about the spirit. He's speaking about identity. Yeah. And so, first, first John, in first John, which is in first John five, five, first John five, go the other side, scroll this back somewhere, go down, go down. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Other versions say cannot sin. Now it's not saying sometimes sins or for the most part he doesn't sin. It's very clear. He says he does not sin. Not once, not twice, not ever. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. He's obviously speaking of our identity in the Lord. That's the only place you do not sin. Your nature. And so this verse is misconstrued. You find Christians, me, that verse, uh, go back to Romans 6.14. When they read Romans 6.14, they say, now, in that confused mind, they think Romans 6.14 is referring to 1 John 5. 
it is saying here, again, context is everything. The scene here, as we saw last time, is a noun. They are speaking of a lordship of sin. And they are saying, this lordship will not have dominion over you. And we know, at least in this fellowship, that the dominion of sin 